Let's dive into God's Word this morning. And um, we're continuing in our series um, entitled Wisdom for Life. Wisdom for Life. And we've had a lot of feedback to um, this series. And uh, that's encouraging, not in terms of, oh, you spoke what, but that's encouraging in terms of what God is doing. But God is ministering different things to different people through one central message. And I love that. So Wisdom for Life. And in this series, if you're new to us this morning, um, we're using God's word, his wisdom, to talk about how to handle everyday situations in life. We've been talking about the fact that we live in a generation where there's countless self-help books, self-development books, right? You've seen them in the bookstore, seven ways to achieve this, 10 million ways to, to do that. This is the way you should bring up your children. No, this is the way you should bring up your children. This is the way to handle your money. No, this is... A, and they're all kind of contradicting each other. And in an age where self-help books, self-development books are flying off a bookshelf, we want to put the Word of God center place, amen? And say, this is God's wisdom. There is no better place to go than the Word of God because He is wisdom Himself. And so we've began to talk about everyday things. Week one, we actually talked about how to read and apply the Word of God. Because God's Word can be wisdom, but unless you read it and unless you apply it, it's not going to do a whole lot of good in your life. So if you missed that week, I'd encourage you to go and listen um, specifically to that one week where we talked about how to read the Word of God, how to use the Word of God. And then we've begun to go on this journey of looking at everyday situations. We talked about uh, confrontation how to handle confrontation. We talked about how to handle disappointment that we all face at one time or another in life. Last week we spoke about making wise decisions and today I want to talk about handling emotions. How do we handle emotions according to the word of God? And just as we've said with decision making and disappointment and confrontations, emotions are something that we all experience every single day that we are alive. We all, like every human being, experience emotions. Now, this past week in our nation, there's been a lot of emotion around one central thing that so often wouldn't ignite emotions within us. I'm talking about petrol, right? Normally, you go and you fill up with fuel, you get on with your life. Uh, No one ever really thinks about petrol. It's not a thing in life. And yet, the amount of emotion... This one commodity has ignited within people is unbelievable. So, so you this week may have experienced emotion. You may have experienced anger, which is, you know, impatience of why am I having a cue for something that's just so normal. You may have uh, felt anger at those in, in power. You may have felt anger at those who use, you know, one pound worth of fuel and then go and fill up with some more and keep doing that over and over again. You may have experienced jealousy. How is it they keep getting petrol and just drive in and, and get it, and yet I'm queuing for like half a day, um, and I've slept here overnight to try and get like one tiny bit of fuel? You, you may have experienced anxiety. Will I have enough fuel to get from here to there? I've got an important meeting, or I'm meeting with family, or whatever it might be. You might have experienced that. You may have experienced despair. What else can go wrong <laughs> over the last couple of years if it's not this, it's that, if it's not that. And so just a normal thing like petrol has, has brought so much emotion to people in their everyday life. But the truth is, every day we experience emotion. And dependent on your upbringing, dependent on your background, dependent on your culture, you may handle emotions very differently to the people who sat around you this morning. We're all wired differently. We've all had different upbringings 
and background. We all handle emotions differently, but how we handle our emotions can determine so much about the life that we experience. And when we don't handle our emotions correctly, it can cause chaos in the home, right? It can cause disunity in the workplace. It can, as a follower of Jesus Christ, bring us closer to God or draw us away from God. So this is important. And, and as I begin to speak about this this morning, maybe you're instantly sat there thinking, this message is for me. Not as in I've written it personally for you, but you just feel like this one's relevant to me. Maybe you feel like, you know, you aren't somebody who has got a good grip on your emotions. Maybe you're always flying off a handle. Maybe you're constantly imprisoned by fear. Maybe you are somebody who's consciously always jealous because of other people. You find emotions difficult. So I wonder, right at the outset of this message, I wonder if I was to ask you this question, how would you respond? How are you at handling your emotions? Because as I said, this is so important. Our emotions can, handle our, uh, can affect our thought life, our relationships, our health. Emotions are powerful. Now, the thing is, because many people don't handle their emotions all that well, because it can create so much chaos, we often, and maybe if you're in a generation or culture that didn't show much emotion, we can view emotion as something that's negative, something that's wrong, something that shouldn't be talked about, when actually we need to understand that God is an emotional God. And God created us in his image to experience emotions. Did you know that this morning? Let's look at some of the ways that the Bible talks about God and him expressing emotion. Joy. God is a God of joy. Isaiah 62 verse 5 says, As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. God rejoices over the nation of Israel. That's the context of this verse. And as New Covenant believers, as Gentiles who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, God rejoices over you this morning. The Bible shows us God finds joy in his creation. God finds joy when we choose to obey. God is a God of joy. Okay, what about another emotion? Anger. Exodus 4.14. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. Jealousy. Exodus 34, 14, you must worship no other gods, for the Lord, whose very name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. Now, you may be thinking, well, hang on a minute. Anger, jealousy, I thought those were the wrong or, or sinful emotions. Sometimes we speak of emotion clouding our judgment, don't we? So how can God be a God who's angry or, or jealous? We've got to understand that within his emotion, God does not sin. Okay. God does not sin. It's not even that he does not sin. God cannot sin. It would violate his very character. So when we talk about these things, I'm just laying a platform for where we're going. We've got to understand that there's a difference, for example, between human anger and divine anger. But when the word speaks of divine anger, you know, human anger is often volatile. It's out of control. If you've experienced it, if you've displayed it, it's often out of control. It's often um, volatile in its ways. When we have to understand that God's anger is perfectly righteous. And God has poured his anger upon his son at the cross for us to be free from that judgment. So, as I said, there's a massive difference between the anger of God and the anger of man. In his emotions, God never sins. So there's 
God who has experienced many emotions. Now, when we look at the life of Jesus, who, of course, was God made flesh, Jesus experienced emotions. I'm just laying this out because sometimes we think, well, emotions are wrong, emotions are sinful. No, it's about how we handle those emotions. Jesus, when he walked the face of planet Earth, was a God who experienced emotion. John 11:35. Jesus wept. Jesus grieved at the loss of his friend Lazarus. He experienced emotion. Matthew 14, 14. And, and when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Matthew 26, 28. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So God clearly experiences emotions. He's made us in his image to be emotional beings. Emotions themselves are not wrong. Emotions themselves are not bad. There's plenty of healthy emotions that we display on a daily basis as well. But like so many other things in life, emotions are something that God has created that has been warped by the fall and by the introduction of sin to the human race. Emotions are here to stay. The question is, how are we going to respond to them? How do we correctly handle our emotions so that they glorify God and not take us away from God? Now, in this world in which we live in 24-7, we're presented with so often two polar opposites on how we're to respond to emotions. The first polar opposite says, do you know what? This extreme says that emotions are everything, right? We should all be talking about our emotions all the time. Emotions are what should we, we should be controlled by. Um, today, it's all about how we feel, and so how we feel should determine the choices that we make. That's one extreme. I don't believe that's the wisdom of God for how to handle emotions. But on the other hand, you have this other extreme that says emotions are nothing. We're to constantly suppress our emotions. We're to just push them down, this mantra of suck it up, carry on, don't worry about our emotions. We suppress them thinking emotions are evil, emotions are wrong. Again, I don't believe the word of God gives us that demonstration either. But what if there's another way? What if there's another way where we don't actually allow emotions to rule us, neither do we bury them and pretend that they're not there, but we instead allow God to use our emotions and shape our emotions where we actually are drawn closer to Jesus and end up more like him. Now, there's a thought. So we can either just carry on letting emotions rule the day and rule our life and lead us into all kinds of stuff. We can, on the other hand, the other end of the scale, ignore them, push them down. And you know what? I've seen so many people who, because they've suppressed and pushed down emotions over many, many years, have, have caused so much chaos in their world and other people's world and actually caused physical harm to them as well. So we can do those extremes. Or we can use God's wisdom and realize God wants to use our emotions to lead us into his truth now here's a key takeaway as we just continue building these thoughts then we're going to look at some practical application if you're taking notes write this down our outward emotions are often a reflection of our internal health more often than not our outward emotions are often a reflection of our internal health now when i'm talking about internal health i'm not talking about bodily health i'm talking about the spiritual heart again not the organ of your heart but what the Bible refers to as the heart. Now, when the Bible speaks of the heart, it's talking about 
the inner core of a person, our choices, our responses, our passions, our conscience, our mind. In other words, the things that truly make you, you. And the Bible teaches us that emotions often flow from the spiritual center being our heart. Proverbs 4.23, we know this verse so well. Above all, guard the heart, for everything we do flows from it. So when your emotions aren't healthy, it can be an indication that actually your spiritual heart isn't healthy either in one way or another. Our outward emotion often is a reflection of our internal health. So as we begin to dig into this this morning, as we begin to look at how does God's wisdom teach us to handle our emotions, let me ask you a key question right now, where you're at. If you were to be honest in life, do you manage your emotions or do your emotions manage you? There's a massive difference. Do you manage your emotions or do your emotions manage you? Proverbs 29.11 says, A fool vents all of his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Do you manage your emotions or do your emotions manage you? Let me put it another way, a way that I prefer. Are you led by your emotions or are you led by the Holy Spirit? Because as a child of God, the Bible teaches us that we're to be led not by our emotions or our feelings, but by the Holy Spirit. You say, what's the difference? Let me just lay that out for a moment. When you're led by your emotions, your emotions manage you, as I just said a minute ago. But when you're led by the Holy Spirit, you begin to manage your emotions with God's help, with the Holy Spirit's help, to a place where you are stronger and actually more like Jesus. See, when I've been led by my emotions, what I've done is I've acted out depending on what emotion I'm feeling. And I've lashed out, or I've done this, or I've done that. And, and, and we begin to go down a path that isn't healthy. But actually, when I've been led by the Holy Spirit, I've been able to look at my emotions and think, where is this coming from? What's the root of this in my life that leads me to a place of truth? We're going to look at some examples of that in just a moment. But first, let's look at some statements that Paul made regarding being led by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, if you've got your Bibles with you. Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 5, and we're going to read 5 to 6 and verse 14. Those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mindset on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Verse 14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the true children of God. Galatians 5.16 So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your flesh craves. So when we're talking about being led by our emotions or our flesh, this fallen nature, we're just going to, as I said, just let our emotions run riot and see everything come out of that, and it's going to cause so much chaos. But when you are led by the Holy Spirit, you don't quash emotions down, you don't pretend they're not there, but here's what you begin to realize. The emotions are like a spiritual dashboard. All of a sudden, you see some emotions, you see some stuff going on in your life. It's like a spiritual dashboard that so often it shows you what's going on in your heart and in your mind. Often, emotions are a symptom of where your mind and your heart are at. Let me give you a couple of examples on this. Anger. Maybe you've been in a season where you've experienced a lot of 
anger. Now, if you're led by your emotions, if you're led by the flesh, do you know what you'll do? You'll use that anger as a weapon. You'll weaponize that anger. You'll lash out as people around you. You may attack people verbally. You may even attack people physically. You may attack people emotionally. Or, or you may be somebody who doesn't attack, but you withdraw aggressively. You give everybody the silent treatment around you. And that root of emotion called anger is causing you to attack or to withdraw in one sense or another. It's always going to be unhealthy because being led by our emotions leads to unhealthy outcomes. But when we're led by the Holy Spirit and we're angry, and don't tell me just because you're filled with the Holy Spirit you've never been angry, when you're angry you begin to think, okay Holy Spirit, examine my heart. And we begin to respond in a biblical way using God's wisdom. That may be, do you know what, I need to confront this person or this issue that's causing anger within me. And what do we do? We use the wisdom that we looked at the other week when we talked about how to handle confrontation. Or else you can just lash out and wreck everything around you. The choice is yours. <laughs> when we're led by our emotions, another example, fear. When we're led by that emotion, that fear will imprison you. You'll feel trapped. There's nothing that you can do to, to get out of that fear. And it will stop you from going to places and seeing people. It will stop you from stepping out in faith. It, it will stop you from trusting God and trusting others. It will cause you maybe to tranquilize that, that emotion and those feelings through things like we spoke about the other week, alcohol or food or, or work. But when we're led by the Holy Spirit, we're led into the truth. Actually, as a child of God, I'm a new creation and I don't have to have the spirit of fear because I have the Holy Spirit within me. I don't have the spirit of fear. I don't have to let this lead me anymore. Maybe the Holy Spirit will show you you're trusting yourself and not other people and that's causing anxiety within you. Not, sorry, not other people, God. You're trusting in other people and yourself instead of your God. I want to ask you today, not from a place of condemnation, but from a place of a desire to experience freedom. Ask yourself this, am I being led by my emotions or am I being led by the Holy Spirit? Now, if you're in a place where you say, do you know what, that's me, I'm not handling my emotions all that well. I am led by my emotions right now. I don't manage them, they manage me, they're causing havoc. I want to look at some practical application with you this morning. Now, as we explore that in the time that we've got left, let me just give two caveats to what I'm about to say. The first one is this. But sometimes there will be emotions that you're journeying through that actually stem from things that have happened to you. I'm talking about deep trauma or abuse. And where what we're looking at today is every day. Sometimes you're going to need wise counsel in your life to come alongside you. That may be other people, as we've spoken about in this series. That may be a, a spiritual leader. That may be um, getting Christian counsel. It may just be adding a voice into your life to help you in what you're journeying through. Another thing that I want to say in what we're about to look at in the other extreme is this. Just because you feel a certain emotion for one or two days does not mean that is your life, okay? It may just mean you've got young kids and you haven't slept very much in the last few days. It may mean that you've drunk too much coffee. Some of you are like, <gasps> There's no such thing as drinking too much coffee. Heathen, how dare you? But sometimes we're, we're like, oh, I'm just in this place in my life right now. No, you haven't slept for 48 hours. Get some sleep and you'll be okay. So those caveats aside, let me lay some principles and some wisdom for how to handle our emotion from God's word. The first bit of wisdom is this. Acknowledge your emotion. 
acknowledge your emotion. We spoke about this a fair bit when talking about handling disappointment. But do you know what? God can handle your honesty. Remember, we spoke about this. But far better that you go into prayer and you're honest before God because he knows what's going on in your life anyway. And you actually talk to him about what you're feeling, the emotion. And the Holy Spirit can, can take you to a place of truth and can heal something within you. Or you can just go into prayer, just pray about the weather today and see no change in your life. Again, the choice is ours when it comes to that. I love the way Eugene Peterson puts Matthew 6, 6 in the message paraphrase. He, he uses Jesus' words and puts it in this, which, remember, is just a paraphrase. He says this, Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role-play before God. Just be there as simply and as honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. So stop burying your head in the sand if that's you. Stop being the ostrich. Begin to pray and be honest before God. You read the Psalms. They are honest about their emotions that draws them to a place of surrendering to God. Speak to God about what's going on. That's the first thing. Here's another bit of wisdom. Stop consuming junk. Stop consuming junk. Now, I'm not talking about junk food. I'm not talking about physical food, even though what we eat actually does have an impact on our emotional health. I'm talking about what we let into our lives. That every single emotion has a root. Now, when the Holy Spirit is that root, when the Holy Spirit is our life source, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that the results of that will be righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The Bible shows us that the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. That's the result of the Holy Spirit being the root of what's going on in our lives. The root determines the fruit. Now, in a physical sense, if you're unhealthy, often it's because of what we're choosing to put into our body. It's the same emotionally. Can I just encourage you? Don't watch 24-hour news 24 hours a day. There's a big difference between being informed, that some may like to do. There's a big difference between information and consuming a whole load of junk that is just fear-driven, that is just there to produce this anxiety within you. And for some of you, you need to look at what you're consuming on a daily basis. You watch the news, you get in the the car, you turn the radio on and hear some more negative news about what's going on in the world. Let, Let me just let you into a secret. They'll never give you good news. Okay, sometimes if they have nothing else to say, they'll fill it with like 10 seconds of a cute little puppy and bring a good news story. The majority of it, it will never be good news. And we are consuming that over and over and over again and wondering why there's something wrong in our soul. Come on, let's look at what the root of what it is that we are consuming. When you're constantly seeing mirages of perfection on social media, And that's just their highlights that they've touched up and it's not real life. If you're constantly feeding yourself that at the cost of what you're experiencing in your life, it will cause certain emotions that if you're led by those emotions will cause you to go down a route that you don't want to go. The negative opinions of friends and family around your life. Sometimes you've got to love people and say, can you just stop talking to me about that in the nicest possible way that you can? 
because they're constantly feeding you with fear or anxiety or jealousy. Maybe it's constantly that you're, you're, you're talking about endless gossip. It's going to lead to an unhealthy place in your life. Stop consuming junk. Here's Paul's recipe for what we should consume. Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, if you're told something and it's not truth, don't consume it. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let that be your checklist as to whether you're going to consume what is being given to you. Let's stop consuming drunk, uh, drunk, junk. Think about it for a minute. I'm not drunk. Ask yourself this question. What am I feeding myself and what is it producing? What am I feeding myself on a constant basis and what is it producing? Does something need to change? A couple more. Locate the lie behind a negative emotion. Do you know that God's word makes it clear that the enemy is a liar? And he's on the prowl. The, the Bible says in the book of Revelation that he is the accuser of a brother. He's looking to accuse you. He's prowling around your life. He's going to lie every time that he speaks. Jesus said this in John 8, 44, second part of a verse. He says, when he, that Satan, lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and he is the father of lies. Again, we need to look at the root. What's behind this emotion? Some of you are building your life based on emotions that are based on lies that have been given to you by the enemy. Now, one of the ways that we root that out is by, again, allowing the Holy Spirit to deal with our hearts. Psalm 139, 23 to 24. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. We've got to allow God's word to deal with any lies in our life. Now, some of you this morning may be believing lies like this. I must have people's approval. And if I don't, then I'm worthless. Some of you have been raised to believe that lie. I'm never going to get past my past failures. I'm just going to have to stay here. I'm never going to go beyond the mistakes of my past. I'm all alone. I have no one. And, and these, there's so many lies that we could look at. And these lies left unchecked, they may seem harmless, but you believe those lies over and over again. They will take root which leads to all the stuff that we've been talking about today. So what do we do having located the lie? Replace the lie with truth. I mean, this is such simple, old-school, biblical teaching, and yet how often do we neglect to do this? How often do we not do this, that we root out all the lies that we're building our life upon and replace it with truth? Where do we find truth? God's word. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if we're led by our emotions, we'll believe that lie that we've just looked at. I must have people's approval, and if I don't, I'm worthless. What will that lead to? Anxiety, anger, constant worry, depression. But if we're led by the Spirit, who is going to lead us into all truth? No, 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 hang on a minute. I don't care whether I'm worthy in the eyes of others. I'm worthy in the sight of God. 
Ephesians 2 verse 10 tells me that I'm God's workmanship. I'm his handiwork. I'm his masterpiece. Psalm 139 tells me that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. The book of Zephaniah tells me that my God rejoices over me with singing. The Gospels tell me that he sent his son to die for me, as Nimi just spoke about a minute ago. The, the, the writings of Peter and Paul tell me that my value is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's the commodity that's been placed upon my life. It tells me that I've been adopted into the family of God and you begin to root out those lies by being in the truth but you can only find the truth if you're in the word you won't find it anywhere else if you're led by your emotions you'll believe that lie I'm never going to get past my past failures this is it and the lie will drive your emotions but if we're led by the spirit the spirit will lead us into all truth no psalm 103 verse 12 says that god has removed my sin as far as the east is from the west of the, the book of hebrews tells me that my god will, will not remember my sins and my lawless deeds anymore he, he'll replace the lie with truth that we are new creations Old things have passed away. We've been made brand new. In Christ, we have been saved. We are being saved and we will be saved. In Christ, there's now no more any condemnation. In Christ, I'm righteous. In Christ, I'm forgiven. In Christ, I'm an overcomer. In Christ, I'm more than a conqueror. What have you done? You've brought truth into the equation of the lies that you were believing. If you're led by your emotions, we'll believe the lie. I'm all alone. No one's there for me. I'm, I'm doing this life all by myself. I have no one. But if we're led by the Spirit, he'll lead us into the truth. God has promised he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's given us the Holy Spirit so that we would not be orphans. Psalm 23 says God is with us even in the midst of trial. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says we don't have to fear because our God is with us. Psalm 94 14 promises that the Lord will not abandon his people. And when you replace the lie with the truth of God's word, what are you doing? You're changing the roots. What's the biblical definition of that? You are renewing your mind. And it will result in different outcomes. It will result in better fruit. Finally, God's wisdom is this, and we'll end with this. We need to hand it over to God. Hand it over to God. Do, do you know, the best place to take your emotions is not to the local gossip. I hope you figured that out by now. The best place to take your emotions is not to social media because there's hundreds of local gossips on social media. The best place to take your emotions is to God. The old song says, take it to the Lord in prayer. That's the place that we should go. We take it to God because God's wisdom tells us to do this, to cast our anxiety to him. To not be anxious, but instead, what do we do? We pray. And the Bible says in exchange, he will give us a peace that will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus himself, what did he say? He offered the invitation, come to me, all of you who are weary and broken and burdened, and I will give you rest. The Bible over and over and over shows us where to take it to him, even with anger. So I can't handle this anger. Romans 12, 19 tells us, don't use your anger for revenge. Give it to God. Because he's the one who will avenge. He is the one who is the righteous judge. And we can look at countless examples. Take it to the Lord in prayer.
Okay, let's wrap up. We don't have to let emotions rule us if we learn to manage our emotions. When you want to understand, emotions are not wrong. Maybe you were brought up in a household that said, we don't show emotion. Emotions are from the devil. And I'm not saying that flippantly. Some people were probably raised in that environment. Emotions are not wrong, but unhealthy emotions that aren't brought to God can cause so much damage in your world, in your family's world, in your workplace, everywhere for you step foot. So where does this land for us today? Some of you need to acknowledge I've been letting emotion rule my life. I've been led by emotion. And I've been actually using emotion as my excuse for the way that I've been living. Well, I'm just made this way, uh, and this is just who I am now. And, and, and you've been led by your emotions instead of being led by the Holy Spirit who's been placed within you. Some of you need to acknowledge that you've been burying your emotions, and that's not healthy either. That's caused sickness potentially for some of you physically that's caused just chaos in your mind and in the way that you approach people because you've just got all these emotions that are pushed down suppressed and God wants to heal you and help you with that for some of you even as I've been speaking the Holy Spirit's been going beyond my natural words and supernaturally I believe the Holy Spirit has been revealing to some of you and pinpointing the root of that emotion the root of why you're living that way, the root of whatever it is that you've been journeying through and it's not healthy. For some of us, it's as simple as we need to stop consuming junk. Do you know what? If you cut off the supply, that flow won't keep coming into your life. And it's your choice. It's nobody else's choice what you're choosing to watch, what you're choosing to put in. And maybe the Holy Spirit is encouraging you today, guard your heart. How do we do that? Watch, watch what's coming through your eye gate. Watch what's coming through your ear gate. Listen, this world, we live in a spiritual world, okay? We wage war according to spiritual things. So when you're listening constantly, you may think, oh, do you know what, this isn't doing any harm. I'm just catching up with the news. I'm just catching up with this person's opinion, that person's opinion. But what you're doing is you're constantly feeding yourself over and over and over again far better that we're in the word of God reading truth over and over and over again and for some your response is I can't keep going on I need, I need to give this to God I need to hand this over to God and let him the Holy Spirit lead me into all truth what is it that God's speaking to your heart today let's just close our eyes and spend a moment in prayer I believe the Holy Spirit just wants to seal this word in our hearts this morning. Just in these moments, just remove every distraction in your life. Remove all the stuff, if you can, in your mind of what's been going on. Just allow the Holy Spirit, just begin to pinpoint some things. He's not doing that to condemn. He's doing that to lead you into truth. Like with many things that we've spoken about in this series so far, it may be that it's not an overnight change, but actually you need to today begin that journey of saying, Holy Spirit, I want you to lead me. It may include other people and getting them into your life and sharing with them. It may be that you need to take some action, but 
You're making the decision today. Holy Spirit, I don't want things to remain the way that they are. Listen, Jesus came that you may have life and life in abundance. And what the enemy has stolen, I want to prophesy and encourage you. That's not the end of the story. Jesus is going to restore to you everything that has been stolen from your life. But that begins with us making the choice. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. Listen, just keep your eyes closed. If you're in this place and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, you've heard the words, you've seen people worship, you're thinking, what on earth is that all about? But you know that your life is missing something. I'll tell you what it's missing. It's missing Jesus because you were made to be in relationship with Jesus. Family church is not the answer. I hope you know that. Jesus Christ is the answer. Jesus is the one who can bring you into restoration of everything that has been taken, everything that has been lost. And you can begin to experience the life that still has challenges, but the life that's an overcoming life where you know why you're alive. You can begin to serve the King of Kings, the one who has created you for exactly that. He'll take every bit of brokenness and make you whole. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. And then at the end of the service, what I want you to do is go and speak to to Mark, who's going to be at the very back of the room. And he's just going to be able to pray with you and share with you and give you some literature if that's what you're needing to start on your journey. And I want you to be brave enough to do that at the end because, listen, all of us at one time or another had to make that decision and it was the best decision we could ever make. In fact, it's what the decision on which your whole life depends. Let me just pray for you. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for anybody here today who's far from you. I thank you because there is hope. I thank you because you've already done all that needs to be done. Lord, I thank you that all they need to do is to believe in you, Jesus, and believe that you've made them and have a plan and a purpose for their days. Father, I thank you that in Jesus they can be forgiven. I thank you that every sin can be removed, that everything about their life can be washed clean. And I thank you today for new beginnings. I thank you for a new opportunity. I thank you for a new day. Lord, I pray that there would be bravery to go to the back and say, I need some help or I want to begin this journey or I want to find out more even if it's just that first step today Lord I pray that they would have the bravery to do that and to begin the greatest journey of their life and Lord we just thank you for this opportunity to meet together this morning we count it a privilege and a joy to gather as the family of God and I just speak blessing upon every single person in this place this morning I thank you that they will live a blessed and abundant week. I thank you that they will be used by you, Holy Spirit, every single day that's coming up. Lord, I thank you that next Sunday we'll be gathering together and just sharing stories of how you used us, Holy Spirit, in the supermarket, in the workplace, over the neighborhood fence, however it might be. Lord, I thank you that you are at work in the days today and that the church is alive and the church is moving forward. And greater things are still yet to come. We declare this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise this morning.